the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. We are back. It's Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts this evening. And I am, I am back home, as they say. I am not in my northern command. I am here at ground zero, and it feels good. Although I will say, Vince, is this you? Is, 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 are you the one in charge of the coffee? Yes, no, maybe so? No? I plead the fifth. <laughs> Wise man. Some things just never change around here. The coffee is absolutely horrible, but it is coffee nonetheless. You know, anything in a Keurig, I'm sorry, but, you know, and, and crucify me, if you will, for, for you Keurig lovers, um, probably one of, that's right out of the pit of hell. Keurigs are horrible. Now, I think I can say so with some amount of authority because I do roast my own. I am a coffee snob, admittedly so. I am a roaster of coffee, I am a purveyor of good bean, and I know my coffee. And, uh, oh, I don't know what this stuff is, but, well, I guess when in Rome, right? My guest is, <laughs> that's right out of left field, isn't it? Holy cow. My guest is Antoine Miller. He, uh, he is just a dear friend. We've known each other going on some 20 years now. And uh, he is a native of Oakland. One of the things that... Uh, well, actually, I tried to get a hold of you last week, and, and you just never returned my call. Um, I, I felt sad about that. I, I mourned, and I cried, and I, I fasted, and, you know, uh, and here you are. <laughs> well, bless you, my child. Bless you, my child. <laughs> but, you know, I've been trying, you know, I've been doing the talk show here for, for Craig for the last couple of weeks because we've got some... Uh, engineering issues that he is consumed with here at KFAX and our other sister stations. And so I, I, I was going to try and get you on last week, and, and I think in God's providence, because of, you know, the, the speech last night and everything going on, uh, it was, it, the timing is a bit better this week. And, and I was sitting there trying to get prepped for this evening, and I happened upon your Facebook page from uh, just a couple of hours ago, uh, where you said, my hometown, Oakland. Last year, 16 murders by the end of April. This year, already 45. And, I, and, and the thing is, what we've been talking about and that, they, they do mesh together. There is, there is a correlation there, and, and I think it is the, the police department, uh, how their hands have been tied, how they've been perceived by the media, how they've been perceived by the country. Uh, I was listening to a report today that, uh, and I, I'm trying to find it, and I haven't been able to yet. Maybe I'll be able to get to it here in the next couple of minutes. But the the retirement rate and the walkaway rate of police officers nationwide staggering. Add to that, yeah, the f- they're 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 not the, the recruits aren't coming in either. So you're getting it on both sides of this coin. We are down. I think the the report said some twenty two percent 
we are down nationwide some 22% in law enforcement because of early retirement, because of actually just quitting. And it's not like, oh, I'm going to quit and I'm going to go to work. You know, oh, I'm a, I'm a L.A. police officer. I think I'll quit and I'll go to work in Idaho as a sheriff's deputy. No, they're getting a whole new line of work. And they're, you know, and I, there, are, there are a bunch who, in coming away from the Vietnam era as a vet, hid the fact that they were a vet. Because there was such disdain for the Vietnam War. So if you're a Vietnam vet, you hide that fact. Somebody says, oh, well, you got benefit. I'm not, no, I wasn't a part of that. You, you, you know, like Peter, you know, at the cross. I, I don't know him. We're going to deny that. And it's as if we're seeing that in droves with the police department and law enforcement. Oh, I, I'm not a police. I was never a police. They've got to hide this fact. And... Are there bad police officers? Most certainly. There's bad humans. No ma- Man, CEOs, CFOs, uh, labor, construction, y- you pick the, the job description, and there's going to be bad people. This is, this is at the heart of what Antoine mentioned a moment. Man, we need Christ, and there's a reason. We've got sin. We're fallen. We need a Savior desperately. So no matter where you go, no matter what rock you turn over, you're going to find bad people. But does that mean that simply because you find one bad person, well, the whole industry's bad? Well, now, I, you know, lawyers, maybe. No, no, I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> they are. I dog. No disparagement meant. It was purely in jest, kind of, sort of, you know, yeah. But the deal is, I, I, I put all that together, and I see the lay of the land, and then I look at your statistic, Antoine, and my heart just aches, as I know yours does. This is a hard thing. Do we have any answers to it? What, what, are, what are some thoughts that roll through your mind when you see this? I mean, it's Facebook. All you can put is hurt. What's going on when you see those, those numbers, brother? Well, uh a lot of things. I mean, I grew up at a time where Oakland was the murder capital of the U.S. Um, 87, 88, 89, where we seen at the high point 188 murders in one year, one of those years, and the other two years were high 60s, high 160s, 170s. Um, so, unfortunately, it's something that we're not accustomed to. However, uh, it still hurts to see it happening. And having been in the funeral industry uh, for now 21 years, um, there is a pain that I've always had when I've gone to the coroner's office uh, to pick up the body of another young person that was killed in the streets of Oakland or Richmond. Um, It was something that bothered me to no end. Yeah. We, I just saw this last year alone, just in the last year alone, over 20,000 homicides in the United States. And one, I, brother, and maybe you can address this a little bit and, and help walk me through this, because when I, when I sit back and I watch everything going on and, you know, what took place uh, with Floyd in Minneapolis and all of that, and, 
you know, we get the uh, we get the scapegoat. We get the, and 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 that's not just. Let, let me back up. He's a bona fide scapegoat. This guy, he got everything he deserved in my mind. Uh, you just, yeah, the things he was doing. I'm, yeah, he, he justified. I like the outcome. It was what we needed. But the problem is, is our society wants to take that one man who killed Floyd and turn around and go see every single one of them in blue are just like that. And, the, and see, I see it differently. Because it's not that we see every single one that's in blue as being just like him. But what causes a lot of people to say there's some systematic things that have to be fixed is, how is it he could have over 20 different complaints and there was never any issue mm. that had been pushed to get him off the police force? Or someone who can commit... Uh, crimes or get away with some things in a police department on one side of the country and then move to the other side of the country before it's found out that this is the one that posted the racist things that were on the internet. And so it's not just the issue with Officer Officer Salvin. Uh, I mean, just last week in Mendon, Louisiana, you've got an almost similar case where three officers were holding down a man one of them was punching him, and there was a fourth officer standing there kicking the snot out of him. And a lady go, yeah, y'all being recorded. And when she screams that, he stops kicking. <laughs> so we're not saying that all are, but when those incidents do come out, it casts a shadow how many of them are that way. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you make a very valid point because you're right. You know, this guy was able to get away with stuff, so you've got to work up the food chain, if you will, and go, okay, well, who are his superiors that were allowing this kind of stuff? What's going on with them? So it's not just the the cop on the beat out on the street, but it's also the admin as well. So along those lines then, back to Tim Scott, he's got – this is one of the things he's wanting to do is trying to affect change and trying to figure out how to do it. Do you think he's – do you think he's on the right track? Is he not doing enough? Is he doing too much? I know that he presented a bill last year and the, the Senate struck him down. Said no, 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 we're not going to do that. And you know, we, here we are today, and the guy still wants to try and work out some change and some reforms. Um, again, back to you: is, is is what he is asking for enough? Not enough? Too much? What what's in his package that uh, people are afraid of? Honestly, I don't know everything that's in his package. I'm familiar with a few things, and his the bill that he's you know uh, presenting is something that I support because there has to be a start somewhere. Yeah. There has to be a start somewhere. You can't just let it continue to go on because as long as both sides are arguing and not getting anything done, the same thing continues to happen, uh, or the issues are not fixed. Uh, Any- what hurts in looking at that is politics always get in the way. Oh, man, boy, when they get a little bit of power, they hate giving it up, don't they? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you've heard me say it before, that's on both sides of the aisle. It is. Amen and amen. I'll be the first to raise my hand on that, and I'm I'm one of those crazy cowboy conservatives. <laughs> 
But I, I agree with you. And the thing is, as, as passionate as I can be with my uh, politics, I, I always have to take it back to the cross, and that really regrounds me a bit. Um, I, I, can I hold you for another 10 minutes, brother? Yeah. Okay, great. We're going to take another time out. Uh, we'll come back and close our time out with Antoine here tonight on Lifeline. We're just kind of working through some of the political issues of the day and how they match up with, uh, gee, being a Christian, you think? Wow. Let's take a quick time out. We're going to pay some bills to make sure that uh, Craig Roberts can continue working and, and making sure that this radio station stays on the air. In the meantime, he's been busy watching the linoleum curl over in the corner of his kitchen. We're going to get him off of the floor and back over here to get another look at your commute off to the KFAX Traffic Center. Mr. Michael Bennett has a look at your commute. And now back to Lifeline. We're back. It's Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts this evening from the uh, from the mothership, as a matter of fact, right here in the KFAX studios. Good to be good to be back in the old familiar stomping grounds. Always a delight. My guest tonight, Antoine Miller, joining us as we kind of rummage through some of the uh, talking points that we have found in our culture over the last 24 hours. The big one, Tim Scott and his rebuttal to Joe Biden and his address at the uh, joint session. And of course, we've been talking about, uh, you know, all of the garbage, especially you know, uh, what's happening in Oakland and the murder rates that are going on in Oakland. I can go one of two ways, brother, and I think I know which way you would prefer to go, and I'd like you to go that route um, because Uh-oh. you are very knowledgeable about this. And I, we talked about this earlier today, and I really appreciate your, your, your stance on this. One of the rebuttals to Tim Scott's rebuttal to Joe Biden was that uh, the right side of the aisle started calling him Uncle Tim as a as a, uh, a, a you know a, a warped reference to Uncle Tom, uh, and uh, you you had a, a really sweet point on that. Uh, the fact that they're malign not only maligning uh, Uncle Tom and Uncle Tom's cabin, but I mean you know they're getting their history all wrong. And here we go again. It's revisionist history. Uh, Tim Scott is he an Uncle Tim? Well, he may be someone's Uncle Tim. I don't know how many siblings he have and children they have, <laughs> so they would probably call him Uncle Tim. Uh, but as far Baruntic. as this. <laughs> as far as disparaging him uh, by trying to use a negative euphemism and calling him uh, Uncle Tim as a way of saying Uncle Tom, it's something that I personally uh, totally disagree with. And uh, I think it's something that needs to be moved out of the vernacular. Uh, as he stated last night, he's been called an Uncle Tom. Um and so it's nothing new to him. And, you know, grateful to God that his skin is thick enough to know that he's in Congress for a purpose. Right. Um, he's in Congress for a reason. And so he hasn't let that insult get out of the way. But one of the reasons that uh, I hate the uh, term Uncle Tom uh, being used is that it's used by those that have a revisionist history of who Uncle Tom is, who Uncle Tom was. He was a real man named Josiah Henson, who was born a slave. Uh, but when Harriet Beecher Stowe writes the book, Being an Escaped Slave, she could not put his real name out there, even though he was in Canada. 
uh, at the time she wrote it. She couldn't put his real name out there. And in the book, Uncle Tom's Cabin, Uncle Tom was a hero. He was a Christian man. He was kind-hearted. He was genteel. Uh, he refused to beat a woman at the uh, order of Simon Legree, uh, which caused him to take some stripes. He would put some of his cotton in the bags of those who couldn't pick as much cotton as he could because he protected those who I feel, uh, Josiah Henson believes, the Lord gave him charge over in some way or another. So it's a real insult to who Uncle Tom Josiah Henson really was in turning that into an insult. But then there's an etymology with the history there uh, that in making it a negative term, it was something that was started in different caricatures to show him as being a negative person, uh, one that blacks would... uh, reject instead of one that blacks would embrace for the heroic figure that he really was. And so when you go back into the late 1800s, early 1900s, they made Sambo dolls that looked like, uh, or that they would say was Uncle Tom and things of that nature. And it was a way at that time where racists of the day wanted to malign that character. And that usually is, that's that's the way, when you can't, when you cannot successfully attack a man's uh, ideologies, you, you, you start maligning his character. I mean, nothing's changed. We do that today. But you're right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, he was, you know, okay, well, he's doing so much good. I mean, it's, it's it, Jesus suffered through it. Uh, you can go through history and, and name off a ton of names where men rose above the norm and they stood out as uh, as those people who stood for something and affected change. And you can't malign their character. Well, like Daniel, you know. Well, there's nothing we have against him, so let's 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 create something so we can get him out of our way. And so they try and do that, and that's pretty much what we have with Uncle Tom, don't we? Exactly. And even when it comes to uh, Tim Scott. Uh, when we go back as late as the 1960s and we look at this man that was known as Martin Luther King Jr., though we speak highly of him now, uh, he was called America's most hated man in the 60s. Yeah, he was. He was. On the FBI hit list. And, and so uh, whenever men seek to do great things, there's going to be a tax to malign his character uh, because at some point you need to control the narrative of who he is. This is why the Bible tells us that a good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of one's death is better than that of one's birth, Ecclesiastes 7 and 1. So uh, Dr. King lived a life where here it is, we're 50-plus years later. We can't help but to point out all the good that he did in life. When it comes to Tim Scott, I hope history will be able to tell the story that he did some good things that we can point to to see that there's some tangible results. And so when I wrote that statistic earlier, a lot of it had to deal with those that were saying that Tim Scott was shuffling, uh, that he was this, that he was that, calling him an Uncle Tom. My mindset was there are so many people that are worried about whether or not he's shuffling as opposed to who's shooting all of these people in the community. And it's not just Oakland, because it is everywhere. Living here in Stockton, there have been at least four people killed in the Sacramento-Stockton corridor uh, since Sunday night. 
Uh, let's stop worrying about who's shuffling and try to get rid of some of the shooters that are on the street. Oh, brother, you just see now you, you just popped open a whole new can of worms here, man, because at the end of the day, it, it is easy to follow the narrative and blame, you know, uh, well, police officers, you know, they're, they're shooting everybody up. And we don't want to address the the real pandemic issue within some of these uh, neighborhoods and some of these areas that there are some serious things going on. So and here I am at another timeout. Oh, got it. OK, <laughs> can you hang on for another 10 minutes? I got a question. I want to I want to close out our time with you with one more question and then I'll let you go. Right. Can, can, OK, good. Stay right there. Don't go away. Uh, sit on your hands because I know you got some Italian in you. And, and when you talk, they just move all over the place. So, all right. Stay right there. We're going to take a quick time out. Another look at your traffic tonight from the KFX Traffic Center. And now back to Lifeline. Seconds. <laughs> you know, I get Vince on the other side of the window here, the, the engineer who runs all the buttons and presses all the cute colored buttons. You got to see him when, when, whenever he presses a green button over there, you can see his face actually lights up. He's not so big on the yellow buttons or the red buttons, but I can, I can sit there and watch. And he presses a green one, and his eyes kind of get wide just for a minute. He kind of jumps in his chair just a little bit. So, <laughs> he gets excited. Engineer work. It's always fun. Andy Froyland, Craig Roberts is out tonight. I'm in, and we'll do it again tomorrow night, as a matter of fact. I mean, I got on my laundry list of things to talk about, and I, you know, out of about 15 things to talk about, we're still stuck on two. So um, we'll have to do this again tomorrow night and play again. In the meantime, uh, Antoine Miller is my guest here on Lifeline, and he has been spending some time with us with some some sage wisdom that I think is oftentimes lacking in our conversations these days. We don't take the time to stop and really think about someone else's position and try and consider someone else's position and then really try and make use of that information to make a wise decision on our own parts. And I, it, is a, it is an art that I feel sadly is lost in our current generation. And it's it's just grievous. And again, it it all goes back to the cross. It has to. Antoine, I, I am. I promise I'll let you go after this segment. But I, I wanted to close out our time together again. That statistic you gave us about Oakland, and I know yeah, that's your hometown, man. That's I know that hurts to see that kind of stat show up where you've got that many murders that are committed. So here's my question, brother, as, as I, before I let you go tonight. You have suddenly become the mayor of Oakland, and this is your task. What do you do? How would you, how would you go? If, if, if you had the wherewithal, how would you go about fixing this? You're now the guy in charge. You're number one, numero uno, the big cheese, the, big, the number one guy. How do you fix it? Uh, well, outside of quitting, uh, it would take a lot of. <laughs> no, okay, all right. I got to qualify. <laughs> Resignation is not an option. You can't. <laughs> Antoine Miller is now the mayor of Oakland. I quit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Um, I, I'm not going to let you off that easy, brother. It ain't going to happen. Well, Oakland needs a lot of help. Uh, and I think as mayor, one of the first things that can be done is to reach out to the faith community to see what 
resources the city can shuffle um, back into the community um, that can help those that have that are disadvantaged, otherwise disenfranchised. Uh, how can uh, such as areas while school was out during the pandemic? Uh, how can we keep kids that may be missing that lunch meal or breakfast and lunch every day? How could we keep them fed? How, what resources can we get? How can we educate some people? Um, I remember uh, my first time going to Washington, D.C. Uh, with a group of pastors and meeting with John Ashcroft. Part of that reason was to get dollars sent into Oakland for ex-offender reentry programs. And it was through a faith group, and lo and behold, money got approved, and gentlemen coming out of jail uh, were able to go to trucking school, many of whom are still driving trucks today, and this is going on 20 years um, from when Bush was president, the younger Bush. And so uh, how can we allocate resources into the community to make sure that the underserved are actually being served? What deterrent programs uh, can we start to lower the recidivism rate? Because Oakland continues to have one of the highest rates of recidivism for those that are released from prison uh, there in Alameda County. Um, what other things can we do to improve the overall health of the community other than to kick it down the road or to snatch dollars away from programs and put them to something that's not benefiting people, such as when the sugar-sweetened drink tax passed on the ballot, which I did not support. My, my biggest problem with it was those dollars were going into the general fund, which means you could take them out and use them for anything. And what did they first use them for? The mayor's staff, uh, fixing potholes. But I thought it was to improve health care for children so that we could fight obesity in children. Uh, so if there's going to be a program and dollars are going to be earmarked for something, make sure those dollars go towards that program and stop taking resources away and using them on things that it wasn't intended for. You got my vote, man. And and you know what? I'll even go to Chicago and vote twice for you. I promise. <laughs> oh, and, and you know... Uh, you are spot on the money. There are so many ideas and thoughts that one could come up with if presented with that kind of scenario. But And, and again, this is why I've, I've had you on tonight here on Lifeline, that very first answer right out of the box. We need to get this back into the hands of the church. We, as a, as a society, as a culture, we have, we have pushed God to the back of the bus. We have relegated Jesus to the possibility way over there when it gets, you know, oh, you know, on a Sunday, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a quick nod, and that's about it. But it's yeah. who we are, the creation of the very God of this universe. And we have pretty much, man, it's, it's Psalm 2, isn't it? We, we laugh in his face and we, we, we throw off, let us throw off these chains and these shackles. I'm going to do my own thing. And this is what we end up with. And the, the very answer, which is so blatant and so simple and just glares at us in the face, is the very answer that we run away from. And, oh, God help us. God help us. 
us. Uh, you need to be the, the mayor, man. In fact, I'll vote for you for president. I promise. Well, well I'm all the way in a different city now. Well, that doesn't matter. You're still in America. So the president, next president of the United States, uh, Antoine Miller for president. I like it. You need to run. I'll be your campaign manager, brother. So, very cool. Uh, any other thoughts before I let you go tonight? I know that, uh, you know, and, and I will say this. You are not alone in your thought that, uh, man, the church needs to be a part of the equation if we are to solve any of this. Um, I don't know if you know him or not, Billy Dempsey from Higher Ground Church uh, right there on Seminary Avenue. Uh, I know that cross, but we don't personally know each other. I tell you what, man, this brother is passionate for his neighborhood and longs to see that kind of, the, the very change you just mentioned and how it should be done is the very thing that he is passionate about. And uh, maybe I'll have to try and get him on as well. But, there, you know, I, 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 I sit there and I say that to, to, to leave you with this, brother, because there are times where we feel like Elijah. Man, God, you've got nobody else. It's just me. And you're not alone, man. You're just not alone. You, you, you do have other brothers who think the way you do. So take heart, my friend. Uh, it ain't over yet. Um, God is still on his throne, is he not? Yes, he is. Amen to that. Yes, he is. Well, brother, I want to thank you for spending time with us here tonight on Lifeline. Man, this has been a treat for me. It's been way too long since we've done this. And um, listeners or not, I am just glad to have spent time with you, my friend. I appreciate you here tonight on Lifeline. And thanks for having me on. I appreciate the time. All right, brother. Bless you all. All right. God God bless, Antoine. Take care. Okay. Wow. So, Vince, that just kind of zipped through fast, didn't it? Holy cow. And like I said, I've got, I got a ton of issues here, and uh, we only made it through like the first two. So um, who knows? Uh, we'll take a time out here in a couple of minutes and then regroup, see how we can close out the program. I know. I know what we can do. How about masks? Should we talk about masks, Vince? Yeah? Do you like masks? Are you a mask guy? You're not a mask guy? I'm not a mask guy. I... It, it gets me. I, I've got to ask. I simply have to ask uh, you, our listener, tonight, are you one of those guys, one of those people who wears a mask while you're all alone in your car driving down the freeway? That one gets me. That one That one cracks me up, man. Uh, that is just hilarious. Masks, uh, and, and, here's, and, and this is what got me thinking about this, the, the, the whole mask issue. Uh, last night, watching Joe Biden address the the Senate and the Congress. Virtually everyone in that building has been vaccinated. And yet they are still wearing masks, and they are still social distancing, and they're still high-elbowing each other, because we all know that COVID doesn't exist on your elbows, so it's okay to elbow one another. Don't give a high-five. Because we know that COVID stays on your fingers and on your on the palms of your hands. That's that's where that's where it begins, right there on the palms. So, so yeah, don't don't high five somebody, but you can elbow them because elbows are immune to COVID, right? Uh, isn't that what Fauci said? I think so. He may have changed his mind since a couple of weeks ago. He usually does, but yeah. So so you elbows are fine, hands are not. 
all right? And you got to wear your mask. And I watched that last night, and I thought, okay, so you are touting, promoting, and hopping up this whole idea notion that you've done this amazing thing about vaccinations, and America is going to be safe once again. So why are you still masked up and social distancing if these vaccines really work? <laughs> Quick time out. Pay some bills. Check some traffic. Final look at your commute. Once again, from the KFX Traffic Center, here's Mr. Michael Bennett. And now, back to Lifeline. Andy Froyland, thanks to Craig Roberts for uh, tossing me the nod to spend some time here tonight with you here on Lifeline. We'll do it again tomorrow night as well. See what we can drum up as far as topics go around here. Final thought, at least on the... uh, on the race issue, um, I live in Trinity County now, which is Northern California, Northern, Northern California. I don't know if you remember um, last year when uh, Miyamoto was elected as sheriff for San Francisco. And the big story was he was the first Asian sheriff to, uh, to be elected here in the state of California. And it took a whole year before our sheriff, who was elected a year earlier than Miyamoto, uh, got wind well, and he didn't even get wind of it. It was his wife who got wind of the fact that uh, oh yeah, they're touting Miyamoto as the first Asian to be elected as a sheriff in the state of California. Well, my sheriff, Tim Saxon, uh, up in Trinity County, was elected sheriff a year earlier. He's Asian. He was actually born in Japan. Uh, adopted almost immediately by American parents and then shuffled off to America where he lived and was born and raised. And and, um, let me read you his thought, all right? Here in Trinity County, we don't look at race. Saxon, age 63, said in a phone interview Tuesday from his office in Weaverville, California, 100 miles south of the Oregon border, when I was running for sheriff in 2018, race was not an issue in the election. And when I was elected, no one said, here's Tim Saxon, the first Asian-American sheriff in the state's history. But uh, Saxon says, yeah, you know, I've got, uh, I got my roots. Bottom line, though, is I'm American, says Tim. I was raised American. My parents never treated me as anything but American. Maybe, maybe we can take a bit of that kind of thinking into our day tomorrow and try and affect a little bit of change. And then as far as masks, maybe we can talk about this more tomorrow. But, uh, you know, um, whether depending on your theology, you're going to go, oh, oh, my, or you're going to go, oh, yeah, no big deal. Me, I'm uh, yeah, no big deal. But still, even though it's no big deal, it's still a big deal because – I don't know. For those of you who have gotten the the vaccine, you probably know you have the option, quote unquote, to be microchipped with this vaccine. And I've got friends who are actually diving into this thing going, oh, it's the greatest thing since sliced cheese. Really? You are actually willing to go so far down the lose your liberty road as to get microchipped for this thing? That's scary. And again, like I say, you know, depending on your theology, for my, for my uh, pre-meal, pre-trib friends, you know, oh, the mark of the beast, oh, no, you know, and you won't be able to buy, sell, or trade without the mark. Well, you know, and many of us are going, oh, yeah, well, that's the chip, you know, there's your mark. So uh, 
I, I look at that and I think, oh my goodness, man, how far? Uh, like, and I, I love the analogy, but how far down the rabbit hole are we willing to fall uh, before we meet up with the Mad Hatter and uh, a few of his friends? And and like Vince said, yeah, agoraphobia, man. Uh, have, have we? Have we so con- does it really take just a few months to so condition a society as to just blindly walk down the road with this thing? I mean, at some point, no, I'm not going to say it. I'll get into real trouble if I say that. Should I say it? No, I'm not going to say it. Do it. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. I know what kind of trouble I can get in if I said it that way. I'm not going to say it that way. Um, you know, we... We used to stand for something. We used to stand on our own two feet and use our own mind and come up with our own conclusions and our own thoughts and our own ideas. That's what made this country great. We were independent thinkers. And, you know, if you've seen the clip, you probably know where I'm coming from with it. We, we never used to scare so easy. We didn't. Um, I am grateful and glad that I was raised by parents in a time and in an era where things like, you know, we played on a playground full of metal. It wasn't these cheap plastic safety things. You know, God forbid we should get hurt off of a swing set or off of a merry-go-round or off of a jungle gym. Um, you know, I can I, I can remember going on a jungle gym, a nice metal jungle gym in the middle of the rain and falling and hitting the back of my head and getting a concussion. And, and now I do radio and talk shows and I'm, I'm weird. So, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe there is a reason for plastic. I don't know. But I got up and two days later I'm back in school and we just continue on. Nobody thought to change out the, the jungle gym. Nobody thought to replace it with something that was cheap and plastic and low to the ground so kids wouldn't get hurt again. We learn from our pain. That's part of the process. And when we find ourselves avoiding the pain at all cost, we avoid growth and maturity at all cost. And where do we end up? Well, I think we're seeing where we end up if we just look around us. Oh, my goodness. So much more to consider. We'll do so tomorrow, and uh, we'll call it a Friday here on Lifeline, all right? Should we do it again? Same time, same place, same bat station? Sure. Let's do it then. It's uh, It's been a pleasure and privilege, as always, to be able to spend time with you, and especially here in the studios, the KFAX studios. Not much has changed. It's still the same and still smells like Craig. <laughs> Make sure you let him out of the closet after I'm gone. Okay, Vince? Will do. Will do. (laughs) All right. So uh, that's going to put a wrap, I guess. Let's just call it that. Let's put a wrap on this thing tonight. And, uh, man, it's it's been a treat. It's been a joy. This is what we call stretching. I've got, what, 15 seconds? 10 seconds, somewhere around around there. All right, so thanks to Wanda Sanchez, the producer of this show. Uh, She's the mover and shaker of all things Lifeline. And then, of course, as mentioned, uh, Craig Roberts has to step out of the way for me to come in and play in the sandbox. I appreciate that. Vince over there on the other side of the... Man, thank you, sir. 
Marvelous. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and an honor. You can't do this without a good engineer. And, you know, he's got that nice engineer hat, that blue and white striped hat. And when the mic's not on, he's over there going, choo, choo. And thank you for your ears. That rounds out the trifecta of all of this. We'll do it again tomorrow night. Call it a Friday, all right? Until then, God bless. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Thank you.